You're listening to the Thinking Hardly Podcast. Hello. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. Doing good. Welcome back. Well, thank you very much. How have you been doing? Good. Good. Had a weird week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sounds like it. <laughs> Heard a little bit about that. It all kind of happened all at the same time. We we lost water to the house and found out that they, the guys who built the house, I believe it's the guys who built the house, had not correctly shielded the water at the end of the driveway that came into the house. And so it, the uh, land slipped man. a little bit, crimped the main pipe or tube or whatever. So we were out of water. No one knew what was going on. The plumber didn't know. And the Gidget got out a couple times. She found a hole in the fence. And <laughs> I fried my computer. <laughs> Jeez. It was a weird week. Yeah, not much more could go wrong there. Yeah, I thought we were, I think I told you guys, I thought it was at the bottom of the, like we we hit the bottom and all, the only thing you could do is things would get better. And then and then I woke up in the morning and Gidget had vomited all over our bed, the foot of the bed. God. You know, it was like this gross green brown stuff with some kind of hair. Ooh. I don't know what animal she ate, but the, when she got out that night, she ate some. And then, you know, Gina's asleep and I'm asleep and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to grab the trash can so i went ran upstairs and grabbed the trash can and some paper towels by the time he came back Gidget had eaten what she'd thrown up <laughs> like, yeah. so oh man then, then it all came back up again and fortunately it was just on the you know on the the what do you call it, tile floor so it was easy to clean up i don't know what a weird week now we've got a hillbilly connection you know we got like a tube that goes <laughs> out of a hole in the driveway <laughs> I threw a tree and across our front door and down to the utility room. I mean, it's, I don't know. <laughs> We're all, it's all good now. We're fine. Man. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing really well. A lot better than that. That sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> well, what do you want to talk? Well, how's, how's Danica? She's doing good. Um, yeah. She doing she doing better? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, she's doing good. She back at work? Yeah, good. Right on. Anything in politics, the political world? You guys want to talk about? I have a list of things here. I don't know how I've got anything. I mean, it's just stuff that I came to top of mind. Let's yeah, let's go down the list because I the only thing that really made an impact on me was the serious stuff and mostly the reaction to it. Well, let's talk about that. That was second on my list. Okay. Um, well, well, it's yeah. just more of the same stuff. I'm just going to complain about liberals. <laughs> so Biden ordered, so let's just set it up. Biden ordered a strike on a, apparently Iranian-controlled, or I don't know if they're controlled, <clears throat> Iranian militia, but basically. Iranian-backed, yeah. Yeah, Iranian-backed militia. There you go. That's right. Operating in Syria. Right. And and I don't know if it was this militia or other militias or but at any rate, they, they had been um, causing some some discomfort or pain or damage to the U.S. and other places, I guess. So Biden launches this strike. OK, now now you can complain about the liberals. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just really just seeing the, the difference that a different president makes. Um, 
I mean, you know, yeah. it's exactly what you'd expect where I've seen people, I guess it's not just limited to this, but, um, you know, people are just happy to make excuses again. Yeah, absolutely. What do you mean by I mean, that? It, happy it, to make excuses to stay, to keep your our noses in things? Well, just happy to make excuses for whatever Biden does. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're making a bigger point. Yeah, just, you know, like, this is something that happened almost exactly a year ago, and people acted like the world was going to end. Yeah. I mean, that was a bigger deal than this. I, I shouldn't I shouldn't try to equate those two things, but it's still... It's, yeah, it, it's, it's hard striking to, something in Syria, which is something that, you know, yeah. is, like, clearly a big pressure point. And yeah. kind of a, a proxy, like, inflection point for, you know, like, sort of geopolitics stuff. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> like, Russia, and China, and, and Iran are all involved there, and that's, like, yeah. the big stuff for us. Yeah, it's kind of Vietnamish. Yeah, it's, it's something that you don't want to mess with, and it's something that we're not prepared to mess with. Like, it's clear that we don't have the preparation to actually commit to this stuff, and there's no will to do it either. There's yes. just some people who are very persistent. They're stuck into politics and they won't go away or shut up about doing this stuff. The and thing it, about it, this with for me is is, you know, there's this constant talk about well, we've got to we've got to defer to Congress. We've got to, you know, I, I can't do everything just as president, you know, because of, oh, the Senate parliamentarian, you know, we got to like listen to them and respect the process. And then you, you do this, you know, military action without Congress's approval. It's like, it's, yeah. it's not about that. It's never really about letting Congress do or respecting the process or whatever. It's just, you know, I mean, yeah, none of you, you guys know, would you care about the all, Senate parliamentarian yeah. or if this had to do with, you know, money for the military or money for, you know, yeah. I mean, even like coronavirus aid, you'd be probably pressured to do something. Yeah, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about is that Senate. I mean, it just is like, it's all stuff that I already know. You know, it's just like, uh, this is what's going to be so tough about these this administration is because it's like just showing me what I know over and over again. And it's just like. It's the worst because, uh, I don't know, at the very least, it would be okay if there weren't just so many people who backed Biden who just, I don't know, the the human instinct to be like, well, no, I didn't mess up. is just so strong. That, well, do you think that's when you're saying, wait, when you say the human instinct to say I didn't mess up, are you, are you saying uh, that, messed that's up by, what's by support? Yes, by supporting Biden, by supporting, you know, Democrats. But, you know, it's like that is always going to fuel these defenses of Biden. And it would be so much more bearable if those people just shut up. It's like, I don't need you to, to, to tell me to try and save face that you didn't make a mistake, that this is somehow, you know, because it's it's business as usual. You know, it's it's okay because we got competent people, right? Competent people. That just is whatever the bar, whatever that bar is. Like, uh, it just is. These people acted 
and and kind of rightfully so if they were being honest like these things were horrible that Trump were, was doing yeah. <clears throat> and uh, there are literally people tweeting like wow you know no no middle grade in- or middle school insults no no childish uh, back and forth nothing on twitter no no it's just so quiet and so presidential you know i could get used to this it's like you're a fucking monster like, are you hearing what you're saying right now Oh yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't get. I can't wait to get back to these quiet bombings that we don't really have to pay attention to. Yeah, well, it would be nice if Trump had been. Here's the. Here's like my old man hot take. Uh, one is, I'm not so sure. It's. I don't think people are at the point yet. I think they're further away than even what you're implying. I don't think they've come to realize that they they don't like Biden. Right. I mean, I think this is just like supporting their team. But, but it doesn't matter. How far does that go? Well, I don't yeah, know. That's... I'm just saying I'm just saying that it's maybe further than you think. It's not like people know that they it is they feel ashamed that they supported Biden. They made a mistake. I don't think they feel like they made a mistake. I think it's not gotten I don't think that that thought process no, has happened. I, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I agree him, with you. They're but giving even him more if they than the do. benefit of the doubt. Exactly. But that I think that's what he's talking about. That's it. well Yes, but it's like I'm agree- I, I think I'm mostly agreeing with you. I'm just sorry, saying. Sorry, I don't sorry. Even Sub- think, let I him talk. Just let him talk. Subconsciously, okay. I think everybody is trying to defend their position, and yeah. if they they are wrong, try at all costs not to look dumb or to kind of justify why you made your decision. And we see a lot of justifying here. For the, yeah, de- I agree with, I, the I think decisions I agree. being made, I think I agree with you completely. I don't. I mean, whatever difference there was is not really material. I, I agree with that. Everybody is. Everybody who's pro Biden is still pro Biden, and they don't see it any other way. And I think yeah. that. Is, I mean, I get why that's frustrating, especially about things like oh, it's so quiet, it's so presidential, all that kind of stuff. I mean, the thing that was frustrating for me about Trump is that he was stirring things up and, you know, riling things and being unpresidential in ways that were either irrelevant or negative. I mean, we're, we're corrosive to the democracy. That's the part that's frustrating. So I can understand some relief about not hearing this, you know, this r- repeated business about election fraud, which stuck. I mean, it just shows how far the bar has fallen. I mean, I like agree that with is, that. And, and that has nothing to do with Trump. Like, that's the thing. I think people are so willing because he's the worst thing that you can point at for most people to just to just look at that and, and be satisfied. You know, it's just like. I'm hey, not arguing I, I, you should be satisfied. I'm just saying. That no, the, no, the, I'm, the, I'm the, not even arguing with I, you at all. I'm saying that it. I am glad that there is that there is no longer somebody in the White House that's telling a gigantic lie that corrodes the fundamental pillar of democracy. That I don't think I think that is good. I agree with everything I, else you guys are saying. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that this I don't know what we're doing in the Middle East. I don't think there's any I don't know enough about it to know. Uh, but we're not getting anything out of it. I don't. I can't possibly believe that w- the amount of money and, and blood that we've spent has been worth anything close to what you know. What's it's just like it's insane. Well, not for us. Um, that's the yeah. That's that's the point. It's not yeah. for us. Uh, 
Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I don't, and I don't think that I don't think Biden's going to be any better and probably worse in this in this regard than than Trump. I don't know how we get out of it. I don't think anybody knows how we get out yeah. of it. Trump did not make things fundamentally worse. I mean, he he made things a little unstable. No one, I mean, I'm not sure anybody knew exactly what we were going to do. That has upsides and downsides. But I but I don't think that in the Middle East things are were fundamentally worse under Trump than they're going to be. Yeah, yeah, well, that's one of the few things you could argue was potentially one of his better instincts was just the the instinct to resist people who wanted to do that stuff. Yeah, not necessarily that he was like a you know a peace guy. <laughs> I don't think he was. I mean, he dropped the Moab. Um, yeah, <clears throat> but I think there's still like I I get what you're saying and I get what Billy's saying and I think. It's just tough because while it's fine to be relieved that there's no more Trump, we're now like a month past that. And if we're, if that's going to be the reaction every time some bad shit happens, it's like, you should examine that. Like, that's what I I agree with that. I agree with you completely. I think there's a big overlap between people saying it's so nice. It's so presidential and defending Biden, no matter what he does. I agree with that. Yeah, and yeah. I think specifically just the context of exactly. like because I agree with you, sure. Like the the you know it's it's okay to be relieved for those reasons, but in the context of like oh yeah, we just you know struck a military base, killed twenty two people. Oh yeah, you know that was that was great. We didn't see any any you know any middle school kind of you know as long as that's not happening, then I'm okay. Like in that context, it's just like despicable and you see people's you know talk of in that context a lot um yeah not specifically about war but specifically about just like atrocious things that they were just complaining about under trump and a part of that is you know part of what makes that so hard is that these people were like rightfully calling these people really awful things you know comparing the uh detention centers to concentration camps because you know just uh, yeah. people being held there under they're being concentrated inhumane yeah inhumane conditions during a pandemic and you know it's, it's the same i don't know it just is like the people making excuses for the same thing now it's like well what did you mean by that like are you just a, as cold and uncaring a, a person like i don't know it's I don't hard think for it me does to mean that. I, I just think it means that they are willing to trust the word or the same explanation from another person. Exactly. But I, but I think that's like that's the big hump that everyone has to get over. Is like no kidding. Yeah, you can't trust them. There's no one there that you can trust. And if there is, it's someone who has very little power. Because if there's anyone that you could trust, the shit would not be happening. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that's right. I mean, I think this is the time. I think this is time for the left to go to be extremely hard on Biden. I mean, as hard on Biden as they've been on anybody else. I don't think they're. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think that is right. Yeah. Well. I mean, I think that's why all that you're going to see is that it's just going to like harshen the divisions within the Democratic Party with this next, you know, four years or whatever. 
Do you think that there's? Do you think that there's any parallel in the 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 division in the or the division you're talking about the, the the latent division or potential division of the Democratic Party and the division in the Republican Party? I mean, do you think there's uh, a chunk of people on in, on in the Democratic Party and a chunk of people in the Republican Party that really are really want to get things done? They're not maybe not the same thing, but they want to get things done. And then there's there's another group of people that's really just about trying to vanquish the other side. I think everyone has a little bit of both of those in them. And it's both of those are necessary. Like you do need to look at it as defeating the other side sometimes. And sometimes you have to look at it as, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think we're screwing up. Well, I think the thing is that based on your perspective, you can attribute either of those to most of the actions that these people are taking. Like, like you could make the argument that, that, you know, if you are one of those people that really believes all this stuff, you could make the argument that, Oh no, no, no. Me blocking me doing everything I can to block Bernie Sanders from power. That's me actually getting stuff done. Cause I'm preventing the not getting stuff done that he would do, you know? Not, you know, and it's just like, okay, well, yeah. what's the outcome of, of your, but that's the thing. I think it's, it's that people only think of the, of the outcome they're trying to avoid and they never can look back and say, oh, that's my fault now. I think, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I think it's interesting. I think there are similarities in both parties in that there's the old guard kind of people who are like used to doing things the way they did them and kind of like this just procedure. Um, and they both have wings of their party that are really upset, kind of rowdy and, uh, they don't like the old guard. And, um, I think just the Republicans are better at, at utilizing that wing of their party. Like there's a strong resistance to, rolling those people into the fold on in the Democrats. Whereas they kind of saw Trump picking up steam and they were like, all right, let's, let's back Trump. Like this is our best chance of winning and we can try and rein him in after the fact. Um, Well, it seems to me, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it seems to me like the wild hair, you know, up the rump of the Republican Party is not so far misaligned with the basic interests of the right. You know, yeah. they're pretty much, yeah, they're pretty much pro-business, yeah. anti-regulation, you yeah. know, all, all that kind of stuff. So it, so I, that I can see. That I think the problem is on the Democratic side, the, the, the wild hairs are more aligned with what the American public wants, but not what the, you know, not what the, what would you call it, the donors, the large yeah, donors yeah. want. Yeah, it's that the, the, the culture, the cultural aspect of the party, I think, lines up better with Republicans because they don't necessarily have, like, I think you're starting to see some, um, some of that, like, anti-regulation stuff get challenged because, now you have this populist strain where, oh exactly. shit, we actually don't have money. Um, yeah, but I think that's the bigger that uh, you're right, which is um, the cultural core of that party is closer to the 
what the elites in the party want. Um, and I think that's that's the big difference I was going to point out. You kind of went the opposite way that I was coming at it. But I was going to say, I think the reason that the right is better at this stuff is because some of their donors, some of the money actually believes that stuff. Some of the money actually believes the story that they're being sold by the far right. And that means yeah. that you can actually get money. Like you don't have to, you're not completely reliant on mass donations and things like that. Like, like basically like left politics is. Yeah. It definitely helps that Trump isn't rallying on certain messages that actually could have a risk of, you know, harming the donors or whatever. I was still surprised at the lack of willingness to kind of just pretend from the Democrats. Cause like, that's what I would have expected is like, you know, try and try and deceive that part of the party in, in roll them into the fold that way. Like, that's what I would have thought is like back Bernie then try and undermine as possible, you know, as much as possible while trying to kind of obfuscate that you're doing that. That's what I would have thought would be the play to try and have your cake and eat it too with the kind of progressive wing or the kind of excited wing of the democratic party. Um, yeah. I mean, it then really, it, thought- it is, it is like what Bobby is saying and what you were saying about the, uh, the rhetoric is just not worth the risk. Probably. It seems pretty clear that the democratic, the, the national party, the powers that be, you know, are not that excited about Bernie. Of course you know, not. I think yeah. th- it's too risky, probably too risky. Like he's going to lose. Right. That's one kind of risk. Yeah, certainly the risk. I think so. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I don't mean that I'm not saying that he, that the, I don't know what the chances were, you know, one way or another, but they probably, you know, given where they come from and they probably felt better about Biden or Hillary than they did about Bernie in either of those two elections from, from a chances standpoint. And then certainly from a, you know, how, how much work would it be and what's the chance of succeeding at bringing him, you know, closer to where, where they are. I mean, it, mm-hmm. those two risks are probably maybe too big for them to swallow. I don't know. I also yeah. kind of think the Democrats just feel like they can bully their their voter base around a lot more than the Republicans. For sure. Do. For sure. So, you know, they're just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to we're just going to fuck you out of these few states. What are you going to do about it? And, you know, most of the people that support them aren't they don't even care. That's okay, another I thing. Proposal. I'm not sure. Uh, I was going to say, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the. uh the process is like for appointing heads to parties and everything. I know the president has some kind of, you know, hand at that. I'm not sure if it gets confirmed by party leaders or whatever, but um, that is another reason they probably would never let Bernie go in is because he has, you know, that opportunity to try and change the leadership of the party. Oh, well, for sure. Yeah. Maybe they decided it would be, that maybe they preferred to lose with Hillary and and Joe than to win with Biden, even though they think it's not likely. Right, yeah. yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. <clears throat> All right, let's, I'm going to play you some clips from from the the CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee, which is meeting, okay. you know, like this, this weekend, because it's kind of fun. But then I'm going to circle back around to this question about whether the wild, 
you know, the, the, the wild young bucks in the Republican Party are fully aligned with, you know, the conservative right? Because I think that's a good question. I'm not so sure. I, you know, I, I proposed that, but I'm now I'm not so sure I believe it. Here, here's Trump Jr. Okay, Donald Trump Jr. I love this. Just listen here. He's, this is, he's like there at the first day. It's the beginning of his speech. Wow! How's it going, CPAC? Or I heard someone earlier phrase it a little bit better. T-PAC. <laughs> I, guess the t- I think that t- i think t-pack is trump right I yeah mean, yeah t and t-pack is i mean he got no response it was <laughs> it was painful yeah. <laughs> oh, I love him. isn't that great he's like this this is the danger of humor in a setting like that i mean he then you're just up there the bright lights are on you. The cameras are on you, and you're just waiting for this, you know, applause not, that is not going to happen. <laughs> here's, here's Ted Cruz. We are gathered in dark times. We're gathered at a time where the hard left, where the socialists control the levers of government where they control the White House, where they control every executive branch, where they control both houses of Congress. Bernie is wearing mittens. And AOC is telling us she was murdered. I have no idea what those two jokes are. Wow. Well, he's referencing a meme. In the first one, I get that, but what's the? I mean, what's the? What's the point of that? I don't know. I mean, he starts off saying, uh, "Yeah, that like, one I was get the, just like a maybe yeah, cultural dominance." I don't know. Like, <laughs> I really don't know. I suppose the only thing I heard from him was his like open mic bit about being in Cancun. Yeah, right. That was his. That was early when he first came in. He's like, you know, I don't know. These wow. guys all want to be like stand up. Yeah. yeah, I don't also, know. So the she was murdered like. I, that was the thing where AOC was like <clears throat> saying that he was uh, kind of culpable for um, the woman who was shot at the the Capitol. It's like the woman. I don't know where you guys stand on this. You're just like the woman was mighted. Like, do you, wait, are you guys mad about that? Are you happy about that? Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. I do like. Weird. I mean, Trump Jr. has like. He's like, I don't know. It's like he was like, just, he just was like chosen by God. Like, you're going to just like, everything you do is just going to fuck up. Like, (laughs) he just, it's so funny because he's like, he's like a sitcom character. Like going out there and just like, come on guys. Wow. Wow. (laughs) How's it going, CPAC? He's got him there. That's good. Or I heard someone earlier phrase it a little bit better. <laughs> T-Pack. <laughs> hey, there was a little, there was a, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh. Man, that woman was trying know. to help him. Yeah. He sounds yeah, That so was probably dorky, his girlfriend. Man. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds know. nothing like Trump. No, he doesn't. No. He should have spent more time. I, I don't know where he grew up, but. I think the New York accent really helps Trump. 
Well, yeah. it probably changed a bit between, you know what I mean? That it does seem like that's kind of an old guy. Uh that's Brooklyn true. accent that that he yeah. and like Bernie has a kind of a um, similar an accent yeah, that might point. not be the same anymore. Yeah, but he could just practice it. He should be able to turn that on, right? Nah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, we yeah. just discussed how like everything that he does is destined to just fail. Come on. Screwed don't. up. Yeah. All right. Don't get us. What do you so. make of what do you make of of people like uh, Cruz saying the socialists and the hard the hard left and all that kind of business? Yeah, yeah he said I mean, basically the socialists are controlling nothing the new. Nothing new at all. I mean, it it just yeah. again this is another thing where it's like we're getting all the bad stuff with none of the benefits. Like yeah, we're, yeah, it's still oh, it's still socialism, and we all control all the. You know, houses of government, but nothing's getting done. These yeah. ones, these people have nothing to worry about. No, I don't. Yeah, I, no, no, they they have the perfect position because they're basically their their opponent will make sure that none of the stuff they fear will ever happen, but they can still just hit it, and yeah. there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, it just seems over the top to me, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm I'm not the target audience. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's like people, especially people going to CPAC. It's like they've been listening to the Rush oh, Limbaugh, sure. and, you know, for yeah, years and years true. and years. You're yeah, just mainlining that kind of exaggerated kind of over I think the top it's the anger. Same, I think it's the same thing as the people who were complaining about that are just like, oh, I'm so glad that Biden's president, like just watching stuff get bombed. Yeah. They yeah. were prepared it for really... it. They, yeah, that's, yeah. They've been prepared to make that statement. That so that when that happens, that's their response. Yeah. All right. Here's Josh Hawley. This is the last one from CPAC, and then I want to bring it back around to the right, whether whether the right is aligned with the businesses. Here you go. This is your senator, boys. You know that we are mm-hmm. facing a crisis in our country. This is one of the great moments of crisis in American history. We're facing a fight for the republic itself, and we are facing an unprecedented alliance of radical <laughs> liberals and the biggest, most powerful corporations in the history of the world. These companies have more power than any companies in American history, and they're allying with the radical left to try to impose their agenda on this country. They want to run this country, and if we don't do something, they are going to. And we've got a word for <laughs> that. It's called oligarchy. And that's what we're facing Whoa. in America right now. And we've got a basic choice. We mm. can have a republic where the people rule, or we can have an oligarchy where big tech and the liberals rule. And that is the choice. That is the challenge that we face today. It's a perilous so, moment. So interesting. Well, first of all, he's got a great voice. Really? I was going to say the opposite. No, I think he does. I mean, for radio, I don't mean for being a politician. He could be a preacher oh, or see. something like that. He's yeah, just he got did a sound like a preacher. Voice. Yeah, I mean, like a—I don't mean like a televangelist. I mean, like a, you know, like a guy you'd go yeah, just an, see yeah. on Sunday, like a regular old guy. That, yeah. that, that yeah. kind of—I don't—he's not like. Uh, who's the guy we were listening to? Uh, he said, "Fight like a friend, fight like a friend." Lynn Wood. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that guy's hot. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. So, but so, what do you make of this 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 attempt or this you know? So the Trump getting canned and then all these people getting booted and you know like they they've turned this into the cancel culture and then tied that to these you know media corp- corporations basically. I mean, it's really Twitter and I guess Facebook yeah. mainly, right? Um, so tying that to the liberal elite, that's not particularly pro business, right? 
No, I, I mean, and especially same. his his use of uh, the word oligarchy there. I think that he's not going to get that kind of donor backing if he continues using that kind of. I mean, especially like just a rhetoric shared by Bernie Sanders, because then whenever Bernie Sanders talks about oligarchs, that you know, it's going to ring a bell in their head too. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Holly is he's one of those people who's trying to do something that seems like it would be dangerous or, you know, effective. But the more I listen to him talk, the more I think he has no real future. Um, because I think that that, I don't know how he's going to get past those contradictions. And I don't think, first of all, I don't think he's respectable as a Republican compared to the people that they respect. Um, He's a nerd. He's a fucking nerd. Who? That's the problem. <laughs> well, that's one of the problems. I mean, I just, I think he's not, who, who he doesn't have the right they, kind of charisma. He's, who would you say they, who's the kind of person that they, that they do respect? I mean, who would you like put up as the countervailing, you know, I mean, just as to, an example. You have to, you have to seem badass to them, I would say. And there's so just be, no way Josh Hawley could do that. Like he doesn't have the right personality. Are you saying somebody like you're talking about Cruz or Marjorie Taylor Greene or? Uh, Yeah, I think everyone's trying to just be like Trump. Basically, everyone's just trying to act like Trump, and that's how you're going to see who succeeds and who fails. Who can pull it off? And right, that's the that's why I was like, oh no no no, Holly not going to do it because he cannot fucking do that. He he sounds like a normal politician. Well, this right. is all he kind of besides like the point. I think there is a contradiction there that you're going to have to bridge at some point, and people are going to do it in a much easier way. You don't have to prime people so much with all this oligarch shit. So I think you're going to do what Billy said and just make them actually think about it a little bit more. Yeah, You have to just frame it in this unique way of, oh, well, the liberals, they're controlling just culture. The That's the, the right yeah, way to yeah. do it. Right. I mean, he's got he's got most of the right idea. It's just tying it into the oligarch stuff is not going to work. He is a nerd. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's right. Maybe he's just a nerd. Yeah, it's because he's trying to do something that's internally logical. And it's like, well, we don't live in an internally logical world. Like, it, it, if you ask people to do that, you're just going to make people see the, the flaws in your own line of thinking, I think. As opposed to it being more of an emotional or tribal kind of thing. Definitely. You just don't want to you don't want to plant the seed of how you get back to reality in the lie you're telling people. That's that's <laughs> that's what that's surprised how I me. It. Yeah. I'm not that's even a, like yeah. trying to be glib or anything. I, I just think no, no, that's I know, like no. that is literally it. Is there's an easier way to do this that doesn't open you up to people being like, Oh yeah, oligarchs, let's think about that a little bit harder. Yeah, exactly. It surprised me that it's, he he laid it out that way because it's like you could have easily just said Look at Twitter, look at Google, look at YouTube. They all move together to ban Trump or whatever. These are rich uh, liberals who want to kind of, yeah, rich elite liberals who want to, you know, exact their will through these, these, you know, completely non controllable ways. Yeah, right. He could have just said these are big companies that, and the people at the helm are are left leaning liberal elites or whatever. And, yeah, yeah, you can even chuck in something about Section true. 230 or something. 
Sorry, what was that? I heard you both talking. I was saying that you could, you could chuck in something about Section 230. They love it, man. Yeah. I just think they, yeah, I, I, th- that's that's based more on reality, so that's going to pick more people up. Like if you just say, so oh, yeah, there's these that elites you, that want to do that. Yeah. It's so interesting that you're saying this because it's completely, I mean, it, it loops back around to what you've been, what you said a long time ago, which was just that you don't even have to, like, you don't you don't go to the work of you know trying to marshal the evidence. Just just you know stake your claim or make your you know whatever. Just assert something, you know, emotionally with humor and you know in some kind of charismatic way. Yeah, that's what you said, right? You said it's a popularity contest. Yeah, I think it's also though that picking something that there's a piece of it that's true as like the center of your of your stab or whatever. I think that's also a really, really important thing that Trump is good at. And that like, that's the thing that we're going to see who's good at in the Republican party. What was the thing that was true though, that Trump was taking a stab? Maybe I don't understand Trump there. I'm saying like talking about the, the cancel culture stuff. Like I think they've made it into this. Basically the way they talk about it is completely removed from reality, but it's based on an, on, a, on a phenomenon that you can see, which is you know seeing like one of your friends get blocked or get, you know get like, yeah. taken off of, of a website, and sometimes it is not for a good reason. And right. so, and right. you know, a lot of the time, and I'm not saying it's it's because they're evil or anything. You know, a lot of the time, it's because they have pressure put on them because they've been sort of put in these high positions of importance, but. That's how you get like that's how you get people thinking, oh, there's a there's a campaign of censorship against conservatives is because, yes, they are getting like a ton of people are getting banned off Twitter. I don't think it's necessarily got a conservative bent. But like, I don't but it know, could. It's, no, it's it could. based I mean, on something. Yeah, it's based on something that it's through, a lot harder to prove at that point. Yeah. I mean, if they're sweeping through looking for people who are repeating this stuff about the election being being fraudulent, then for sure it's going to be it's going to look like it's purging the conservatives. Do, do you think that do you think that the real the people who are really good at this have this, the, you know, you just mentioned, do you, do you think they have this natural or studied ability to telescope these big issues into, you know, concrete personal terms? So you just said, you know, cancel culture, which is a frame. But it's tied to an idea that people can grasp, you know, at a one-to-one kind of level. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. That's a good way of putting it. It's like um, – I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like you're able to phrase something that happened to you in a way that universalizes it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what that's what they that, do. That's like that's what Trump. That, I think that's like a central part of Trump is his ability to take something that that aggrieved him and then get everyone to care about it. It's so interesting. It's like, <laughs> do you guys you guys don't know the India the crying Indian commercial TV commercial? You guys barely know yeah, TV. Yeah. What am I talking about? I know that about? one, but I didn't see okay. it. Okay. So this was this was back in the early seventies, and it was all about you know people were concerned about pollution, and this was a um, what do you call it? Uh, PSA. What's it called? PSA. P- yeah. yeah, PSA, public service announcement. Right. Thank you. And so they 
you know, I won't go through the whole thing, but basically the idea was this Indian who, who represents, you know, like a healthy, you know, respectful view of the of nature, right? Part of nature, not fighting against nature. That's the way most people think of the indigenous Americans. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, was called, it was called a crying Indian back then um, because it, it ends with him tearing up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, somebody you know, litters, so he's walking so. along, he's walking along a road and somebody like tosses garbage out of a car and lands on his moccasin. It's like the most disgusting, disrespectful sort of thing, which is very personal. It's very visceral, very personal. And then they make it about pollution, even though it's really about littering. I mean, the, the example they give is littering and littering is a very, you know, sort of micro one-on-one telescope down to the individual thing. And then it says people yeah. start pollution people can stop it. So they were they were trying to say basically if we all pitch in together you know we can we can stop pollution. You're saying that Trump finds something he's pissed off about and then figures out somehow to telescope it out and make it a, a like a universal truth. Sort of, yeah. I mean, I think that's or like did. a lot of the things that he. It's also partially that I think he picks things that like he understands affect other yeah, people. Yeah, for sure. You know, even if it's just mentally, but that's, that's how he's so popular is like, he's, that's why people feel like he's giving voice to them is because he's talking about things that they care about, even if it's just that they care about it because they saw it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what did I learn? So there's been, it's been a while since we've gotten together. So I haven't learned anything in the interim. So I'm ready to learn. I've yeah. learned two things. No, I, I mean, I'm not being, I'm not joking. One thing is we're going to have a lot more of this excuse making for Biden among the left, which I think is not surprising and not unexpected. Um, but it's not, it's also, it's also extremely disappointing and frustrating, right? Because things won't actually get done. And the second thing, what was the second thing? I guess the second thing is um, a question mark, I think, about whether the young bucks or whatever you want to call them on, on, the, on the Republicans, are we going to get crosswise with this business issue? You know? Yeah, yeah. I they think, don't have to I think, necessarily. Yeah. I mean. yeah. They definitely don't. I mean, it definitely right, depends Trump, on... Trump didn't for four years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really is insane how powerful just a really good speaker is and a very charismatic person because from what I remember, I don't think the border wall with Mexico was a central point that people were thinking about prior to 2015 or whatever. And he really made that a central point, very spirited in all of his rallies. And I think if if Josh Hawley had come in and he was very an engaging speaker, very charismatic, and you wanted to hear what the next thing he said was, then I think that would be a huge difference from what we're seeing. Like, I think that is just such a profound skill and and yeah the powers of communication have so much power over us where it's like we'll we'll listen we'll continue to listen and if if they move us emotionally or whatever then we'll kind of just 
keep on following that person or at least keeping an eye out for them. So it really is just waiting for those kinds of people. Um, and I guess it is a lot harder than you'd imagine given how few people you see though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, two, so two thoughts there. One is it, a wall doesn't make any sense in the, in the, in the real world to use Bobby's phrase, you know, like a, a real data point, like a real, you know, a, a seed of reality. It doesn't really make a, a lot of sense. You know, mm-hmm. like a physical yeah. wall is, you know, it's like a moat. It's like, it's like from medieval times or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense from a, you know, workability standpoint, but from a, but from a get your mind around it standpoint, it makes all, exactly. it makes all the sense in the world. It's, it's like, what does a wall do? It separates two, two, you know, two groups of people. Like that's what we want. Exactly, you build a yeah. wall and they like, don't let them in. That's the, that's the message of a wall. And it's just like, it's so, it's literally concrete, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then this, and the second, so it works that way. I mean, there's no, <laughs> you, I mean, you yeah, said everything no you just say when you say build it, yeah. a wall, like we're going to build a wall, protect our borders, build a wall. Yeah. The, yeah, definitely. The, the second thing you said about, you both said now about uh, charisma and, and framing and, you know, being able to, to communicate these ideas and, and animate people. It does remind me of really great preachers. And I don't mean a Josh Hawley preacher. I mean the kind of preacher that gets people on the edge of their seat and, you know, like really yeah. grips them. And the reason I say that is that the fundamental, you know, premise of Christianity anyways is very difficult to swallow. I mean, it's, it's, it's it highly implausible, right? You're talking about like actual kind it's of the facts of it. The belief of that, you know, that yeah. there's a God, that Jesus came and walked, that God became man and walked among us and crucified on a cross and then was dead and then he rose from the dead and, you know, right, died yeah, for our yeah. sins. Like the basic sort of thing. And I'm not, I'm not casting any, I'm not trying to be negative about it. I'm just saying it's a, it's a hard sell from a evidence standpoint. I mean, it's a, it's yeah, a yeah. huge claim, right? Yeah. And so the people who are good at it, probably are not working through a lot of the evidence, but instead are talking about what people's needs are, you know, what their hurts are, what they're, you know, what, that they're missing, that they're, they're not getting uh, uh, love despite their imperfection. I mean, whatever the, whatever the preaching is, it's not primarily about, you know, the evidence. Yeah. At least great preaching. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Okay, one more thing I did want to say. This is not related to this, but about the business thing. Yeah. Um, just before we move on, I think, I think it's going to be probably more that the parties kind of be- begin acting like cartels with business rather than pro or anti-business. I think we're going to see businesses ally themselves or align themselves with parties more closely and that's going to be what determines who the good guys and bad guys are for both sides that's just my guess what's making you think that there there's going to be this kind of polarization well you're already kind of seeing it i mean there's right-wing ceos like that are that are becoming more politically active and 
the Democratic Party has worked with a lot of, you know, companies. I mean, like, basically, it it's more of a section of business than anything else, I think. I think there's there's sectors of business that, like, real estate that do really, really well under Republicans, like, in sure, general, yeah. just for, like, you know, I mean, for federal control. Like, I think once it gets down to local, it's a little less like party specific kind of more area specific, but um, you just are already seeing some of these alignments happen. And I don't think it'll happen for everyone, but I think that that's a phenomenon you're going to see more and more is because things are becoming more like less based on the actual politics and the system and more about the people that are in there. It's going to be about these personal relationships, like the people that Biden or whoever knows are going to be the ones that are going to get sort of, I don't know if preferential treatment, but, you know, they're not going to attack those those places. Just like you didn't see Trump attack any of like nothing happened to like, you know, any of Kushner's holdings or nothing happened to, you know, any like any of his real estate, like they're going to protect their interests and that includes their friends or people that are kind of within their like realm of influence, I think. Yeah. I think that they've gotten by recently or, you know, for a good while now kind of picking their outward kind of stances along cultural lines. And I think that culturally things have been moving more, whatever you want to call it more progressive liberal or whatever. Um, less conservative, culturally conservative. Uh, that's been working for them. I think, you know, they outwardly project that image. But you look at Alphabet, you look at Google, everybody, they're contributing to both parties. And they're really covering their bases with who they give money to. And I wonder what it would take for them to change that to just supporting one party. And I think, you know, you're right. There's already some companies. It's easier to see, like, the huge corporations, you know, just completely cover their bases like this. Yeah, I don't think they have to uh, do it. I think yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the smaller sure. companies are the ones that you'll see do this. Yeah, and I think it really will be along the cultural kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, because I, I do think that, you know, the Democrats don't have, you know, they're willing to play ball just like the Republicans. So well, it I don't know. Do you think, oh, yeah, we should move on, but I, 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 we should put a pin in that because I want to come back to it. And I'm wondering whether I could see how that would work. I could see definitely how that would work, especially if it's not a giant, you know, kind of massive company. Um, because, yeah. you know, companies, companies, Many lots of companies have you know just one line of product, one set of products, like the the pillow guy, whatever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't know that that works you, for this. What I was going to say, but pe- I think people, I think this last you know four years or maybe longer, maybe into some of Obama, um, I think that that your your know, sort of like your personal brand, how you see yourself, is a lot more political than it used to be. I mean, people are. Mm-hmm. You know, like people are wearing red hats and people are wearing, you know, I dissent t-shirts for RBG. You know, there's, it's, it's a, it's a, it seems like it's a much more upfront part of who you are. And I'm wondering whether 
there are consumers that are more aligned, you know, that lean heavily one direction for certain things. So I don't know what that would be. It would be like, you know, what's the, what's the fan, what's the whole foods, you know, grocery store. Like, I don't know how many conservatives go to whole foods. I could be totally wrong. Maybe they, maybe they, yeah, all go yeah. there. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to the degree that people are flying their flags and the, and they're, they're not evenly, you know, distributed among businesses, you could, I imagine you could see businesses, you know, sort of proudly supporting one yeah. side or one, one party or another as part of their branding. If, I mean, if people are branding themselves that way, then the companies are going to maybe fall in line too. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. If there's, if it's not big enough where it would hurt them, then, you know, you really can get, you know, it could help you a lot by jumping on these cultural kind of causes or, or I know, guess I don't know now that I'm thinking that about it, it seems, that seems pretty risky. weak I mean it seems, I was gonna say yeah, it it's, seems, well no it I mean you I have think to proxy right. it basically I saw in Florida yeah. there's like these these grocery stores that are like you know very patriotic you know pro-Trump you know talk about you don't have to wear your mask because you could you could have some kind of condition and we're not allowed to ask you very you know don't you don't have to wear a mask but under the cover of of that um, and so that type of thing, I think, is what you're going to see from these smaller businesses where it's like you read your demographic around that area. There's probably a lot of people who are on that side of things. And, you know, they're more likely to shop there because they feel welcome there, especially in this but, this yeah, culture or climate where they, they think that they're on the decline or whatever, especially with all these brands that align themselves with more left cultural stuff. Yeah, I don't know. The problem with my the, the the hypothesis that I stated it more like a fact was that that doesn't have anything to do with donations, which I think was your point, Bobby. Was that there these businesses are going to be like support financially candidates from one party? Is that what you were saying? Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was kind of saying both. Basically, I think the the relationships between. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Like business and government is going to be less of just business and government and more business in whichever party you deal with. Right. Yeah, okay. I guess, I guess it, just think of it as like it's feudalizing things a little bit. Like think of it like that. There's more yeah. there's more players involved and you have to go directly to them because not everyone's connected directly like they used to be. Yeah. Okay, well, we're gonna we'll come back. We'll see if that holds up that theory of yours. Right on. Okay, you guys ready for the game show? Sure. Sounds good to me. I mean, the quiz, the whatever. It's, what, here, okay, we got a new introduction. Here you go. All right. You know what that theme song means? <laughs> it's time to play. That tastes oh, yeah. a little game. <laughs> <laughs> now back to your quizmaster host, one of the Bobs. Yay! Okay. Are you guys ready? Kalen, huh? Let's do it. Here we go. Okay, let me put on my specs. Wait, I gotta get a. Let's see here. We gotta get set. I had time. <laughs> uh, we need a scorecard. Do you remember who went who went first last time? Not at all. I have no <laughs> idea. No. <laughs> okay, Bob, you're going to go first. R A N W A 
Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. This is two, 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 two. Here are the categories you don't call, you don't write. Something is missing. Innocent till proven guilty pleasures, low brow and pop culture. Her suit is too tight. Facial hair are superheroes. Science frick. Oh, I didn't do frame that tune. Ah, oh, shoot. Mm, give me that's a second. Fine. No, that's, Science? that's fine. Can... Okay, we'll skip that one. We'll save it for next yeah, week. I forgot to load up the music. Mm, okay, science fiction. Sometimes science, sometimes fiction. There you go. You don't call, you don't write. Innocent until proven guilty pleasures. Her suit is too tight. Or science fiction. Bob. Let's do innocent until proven guilty pleasures. Innocent until proven guilty until proven innocent pleasures. I'm going to give you the actors and the blurb. You give me the name of the movie and the year it was released within... Three years. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Here's the blurb. A small group of adventurous American soldiers in Iraq at the end of the Gulf War are determined to steal a huge cache of gold reputed to be hidden somewhere near their (sighs) desert base. Oh, yeah, yeah. Finding a map they believe will take them to the gold, they embark on a journey that leads them to unexpected discoveries, enabling them to rise to a heroic challenge that drastically changes their lives. Damn, I know this one. I don't, I can't remember what it is. I'll give you the stars. Oh, that'd be perfect, George, yeah. George Clooney, Marky Mark Wahlberg, and Ice Cube. Yeah, I know this movie. Oh, fuck, what's it called? The only names that are coming to mind are the other George Clooney movies that he made that are all artistic about the Middle East. Mm, right <laughs> like syriana and stuff but it's not that yeah syriana that, that was the yeah um that's, that's not it i'm not gonna remember it okay do you want a hint you won't get a point but I'll <laughs> sure give you a, sure yeah go ahead <laughs> there's it's two words and the second word is king's yeah, I still probably wouldn't get it. Okay. I don't know. Three Kings. You want to guess the no. year? Oh, hmm. uh, well, yeah. No, I don't care. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll that say was, 90, 98. That was good. 1999. Good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, you ready? Yes, sir. A thief who steals corporate secrets through the use of dream-sharing technology is given it the inverse task of planting an idea into oh, the really? mind of a CEO. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and put that one down. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That, well, you yeah, see, you yeah. picked a blockbuster right there. <laughs> well, I, I don't know how I no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not it just is, not I'm, I'm just. Bitching. It just was ten years prior, or twelve years prior. See, the, I tried to it's pick. This is, this is the problem. I tried to pick two movies that, to me, were equally well known by me, which is not helpful. Oh, I see. Well, I that I don't know. It's Inception. It's okay, that's yeah. that's yeah, okay. That's one for Billy. Okay, and the year is 2010. What? 2010. What? 2010 exactly <laughs> right on. Okay, that's two for Billy. All right, Billy, your pick. Uh, um, on, hang on a second. I'm going to let's just let's just pause for a minute. I'm going to find the I'm going to find the music. Okay. And add it for the uh you know, for, let's do the let's do the guilty for whatever. I mean, the uh, frame that tune. Hold frame on a second. Tune. Yeah, let's just stand by. 
This podcast is currently experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. This podcast is currently experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. We now return you to our regularly scheduled podcast. William, it's your pick. All right. You don't call, you don't write. Her suit is too tight. Science fiction. Frame that tune. Let's do you don't call, you don't write. You don't call, you don't write. Something's missing. I'm going to give you an incomplete quote. You need to fill in the missing word. You each get three. Okay. This one's a movie. Yoda says, do or do not. There is no... Try. Good. Uh, inspiration. Bill Keen says, so this is just a quote from, you know, I don't know, like okay. an inspirational quote, right? Bill Keen says, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift of God, which is why we call it the... Present. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> Political. George... You know that we are oh, sorry. <laughs> Whoa. Political. <laughs> George H.W. Bush says, read my lips, no new... Oh, man, what is it? Read my lips, no new. Um, I don't know it. No new toothbrush. No, it's no new taxes. <laughs> yeah, no new taxes. Okay. Oh. All right, Bobby, <laughs> you ready? Yeah. The movie, it's Tyler Durden of Fight Club, says, it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. Brilliant. Inspiration. Gandhi says, you must be the blank you wish to see in the world. Change. Richard Nixon says, I am not a... Crook. Wow. Very nice. We've got a game. It's three to three. Bobby, the choices are, her suit is too tight, science fiction, frame that tune. Um, let's do her suit. Her suit is too mm-hmm. tight. Her suit is too tight. True or false? <laughs> Not only can Superman hear people's heartbeats, he can hear them well enough to distinct, distinguish one person from another. I'm going to say yes. Because it's That's a comic. correct. <laughs> <laughs> in in right. comics, they just tend to do that. Anything that you can think of that, that could potentially do, they can do it. <laughs> can you imagine how annoying that would be? You walk into a party and you're hearing everybody's heartbeat. You yeah, probably get used to suck. it. I guess. I guess so. <laughs> I suppose. But it would be not <laughs> yeah. very useful at that point, right? <laughs> at that point, though, yeah, you're hearing yeah, all yeah, kinds right. of other stuff, well, too. You'd have to, right, you'd be hearing. That's yeah, what I'm exactly. saying. Like, you're blocking out like 80% of your, your hearing. Unless he's point. got like, you know, dog ears that point certain ways. <laughs> I guess <laughs> Maybe we all have that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're just blocking it out. Okay, Billy, yours is a Superman question two true or false superman's superman's nemesis lex luthor was elected president of the united states oh man <laughs> that could totally be true in some comic stuff uh sure why not yeah that's Correct. right <laughs> i actually knew about America. that one. anybody can be president okay <laughs> yeah let's see whose turn is it it's billy's turn 
Okay. Oh, right. okay. Categories to left, science friction, or frame that tune? Let's do science friction first. <laughs> uh, d- 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 okay, here we go. Science friction. Uh, let's see. And uh, let's see, we had a visitor, the first ever seen that briefly became uh, came within the range of telescopes. It was an object. The object's discoverers called it a muamuan. I'm going to say a oh, muamua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A muamua, a Hawaiian term that roughly translates to scout. A muamua is about 100 yards long, but quite thin and is 10 times more reflective than ordinary space rocks. Scientists also noted... Uh, that the object accelerated as it left our solar system in effect that they couldn't easily explain. What was Harvard astrophysicist Avi Loeb's hypothesis, hypothesis about this object? What what might this object be? What might it be? Mm-hmm. What did he say it could be? Um, do, do, do. How specific are we talking about here? I guess I, I'll figure out once I guess. <laughs> um, you guys are tied for a piece. What it might be is 10 yeah, yards what was, long. What, what is it? It's 100 yards long and very thin. 100 it's 10 yards times, long. Yeah. It's long and skinny. Uh, 10 times right, more reflective. Okay. So what did he say this could be? And how cl- did you say how close it got to uh, the Earth? Mm, I didn't say. Okay. Just within range of telescopes. Okay. Uh, I will go ahead and say some kind of uh, drone or some kind of, uh, you know, scout vessel or something. Not manned or whatever, but not necessarily. From where? Just from some other civilization. That's right. A light sail built by alien civilization. Okay, good job. Bobby, that's one. Okay, that's five to four, Bob. Here you go. On November 14th, 2004, fighter pilot commander David Fravor of the USS Nimitz Carrier Strike Group investigated radar indications of a possible target off the coast of Southern California. Fravor reported that he saw an object hovering above an ocean disturbance, he estimated that the object was about 40 feet long. A second wave of fighters, <laughs> including pilot Lieutenant Commander Chad Underwood, took off from the Nimitz to investigate. Unlike Fravor, Underwood's fighter was equipped with an advanced infrared camera that recorded the object. Videos of this encounter and others were, others that were similar were eventually released to the New York Times and confirmed by the U.S. government. Fravor comp- compared the shape of the UFO to something familiar what was it? Hmm. Hmm. Was it a pill? Hmm. That's so close. That's, I oh, know yeah, what I yeah, know yeah, the video yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. I've I seen think I know the, what it is. Yeah. Thing. Um, I don't know what, what he like compared it to, um, but it, it looks white? like a pill. It's like a. Right. Like white an oval. and oval like oh, a. Oh, Tic Tac. There yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking it was. All right. Uh, five to five. <laughs> Here it is. The last category is frame that tune. Billy, you're going first. You ready? Okay. This sure. week, it's dedicated to TV show or cable show theme songs. I'm going to play the song. You tell me the name of the show. Okay. You ready? Yes, sir. 
Do you know it yet? No, I don't. Um... Well, hang on. You'll hear it now. I heard that. I heard that. Sopranos. Nicely done. Oh, man. This sounds perfect for the time it came out, honestly. It really does. Exactly. <laughs> it's a really good one. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right. Okay, Bobby, it's up to you now. Billy's got six. And uh, this is yours, Bobby. Same thing. Dedicated TV show theme songs. I'll play a song. You tell me the name of the show. You ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you ever watch Captain Kangaroo? I'm just asking. I did not. Oh, this is the wire. You better watch Very nice. Oh, you know what? I can even be more specific. This is season one of the wire. It's season one, is right. <laughs> Very nice. I'm about to look up the season two one. <laughs> okay, that's it, you guys. It was a tie. Brilliant. Thank you. All right, good game. Yeah, thank you for putting that one together. <laughs> You're welcome. That was good. You guys did great. Thank you. This fun. Okay, let's tie it up. What are you guys up to today? Awesome. I've got uh, um, some more stuff to work on. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody just uh, contacted me about doing like an ending card or ending animation for their game. So I'm very Sweet. looking forward to that. It's uh, somebody published by uh, Devolver Digital. So that'll be wow. very nice. That's so awesome. Yeah, man. I really hope it, it goes well. Well, I just want to remind you that we're and we're excitedly waiting for Absolutely. some some stuff for the for the surf shack. And I did excuse me, I've got some Ooh. I got some I guess because I didn't get to do the intro to the the mm, I didn't get to clear <laughs> that out of me. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, this in the surf shack, the bottom floor will be the ceiling will be eleven feet. On the top oh, floor, the so floor, it'll be ten feet. I checked with the architect, so eleven feet on the bottom floor, ten feet on the top floor. Okay, awesome. That's perfect. Okay. All right, what are you up to, Bob? Uh, I don't know. Not not too much. Good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> it's the weekend, man. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. How about you? You you get pizza. Oh no, we got pizza. We got we got out of sync on our pizza thing. So I think we're getting. I think we're doing pizza tomorrow night. We had leftovers from the snail. You guys remember the snail? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. It was like so. Yesterday we had for lunch this giant brick of lasagna, 
and then roasted potatoes and roasted fish. It was a humongous lunch yesterday, and we ate maybe 40% of it. And then we ate it again for lunch today and ate the rest of the 60%, except that 60% was like 40% for me and 20% for Gina. <laughs> so I had a massive, I made a salad too, and a massive lunch. So we're just have some, you know, like some snacky snacks, maybe a cocktail yeah. or, or a glass of wine. Or, oh, we're going to have a glass of wine. Simone Capecci, who's a local winemaker, just, um, just started uh, selling a new kind of, white wine from a grape, a local grape that had been almost extinct and they brought it back. Wow. So he plans to plant it a while ago. So we're looking forward to tasting that. Today's wow, Kara awesome. Delight. Kara, you know, Kara of, of Kara and Nate. It's her mm-hmm. birthday today. So oh, happy birthday to her. Yeah, happy birthday, Kara. Happy birthday. Uh, so we're going to pop that open and say happy birthday to her. That's it. That's really nice. You know, it's like... It's, you know, it's like seven o'clock at night here. That's really close to our bedtime, you know, farmers that we are. (laughs) That sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. I took the day off. And so tomorrow I've got to get back into the, into the vineyard and keep pruning. I've got several more, a couple more weeks of that, a few more weeks of that probably. Man. That's a lot. So if you guys can, you know, if you You find a way over here. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) All right, you guys. Have a well, great thank day. thank you again. It was really fun. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It's always, always great to talk to you guys. To these. I always, yeah, I always learn something. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Okay. All Billy, right. I will talk to you. I'll talk to you on Monday, Bobby. I will talk to you on Tuesday, usual time. Sounds good. Sounds great. Okay. All right. All right, guys. I love you. All right. I love, I love you, too. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.